0: everyone, it is my pleasure again to welcome everyone to uh, another episode of the Big Picture series of conversations uh, brought to you by Iron Pillar, where I have the privilege of speaking with uh, portfolio CEOs, industry luminaries, dear friends, and members of the Iron Pillar Network. And in that context, it is is an honor, uh, and this is going to be a lot of fun, uh, to speak with my dear friend and somebody I've known, goodness... Since the 1980s, when we were uh, <laughs> students together at MIT and in the same fraternity, uh, Jay Chakarpani, uh, who is uh, just a remarkable individual, has been deep in ed tech for decades. And um, yeah, this is going to be fun. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jolly. Great to great to be here. I want to talk about. Uh, um, you know the the K twelve the nonprofit piece being one of them. The other is um, uh, really the journey from trilogy to two U, which was uh, which was remarkable, <clears throat> and how quickly the you know the company scaled and then and then was acquired. So let's let's uh, talk about what got you from for profit to let's say a nonprofit world. Uh, to begin with at the time i was at mcgraw hill and i had built a business
1: uh where we really digitized the higher ed business for mcgraw hill and you know we had uh, i had launched and built a platform that had grown to millions of students and to tens of thousands of instructors and serving them every day and some of the in the innovations we had developed was around adaptive and personalized learning and, and so my move to a nonprofit sort of uh, w- w- was grounded there where the work we were doing in adaptive learning um, hmm. uh, uh, started to uh, to really become a a focus of mine.
0: And then just pivoting a little bit to, uh, you know, how you ended up at Trilogy and then take us through that journey from Trilogy to, to you and now uh, your latest uh, venture, if you will. I think the lesson that I've learned is never burn bridges. <laughs> so any,
1: <laughs> so any, any job you take, and no matter what, how frustrated you are at the current environment, never burn bridges. So what's interesting is with Trilogy, um, I had first met the CEO when he had started the company because I was at Barnes & Noble Education as the chief digital officer. And we were, and you know, we had university partnerships where we ran the bookstores, and we were looking for digital innovation. And Dan had just started Trilogy with the idea that universities weren't in the boot camp upskilling business, hmm. and he said, "You know, um, you know, there's General Assembly. There are all of these tech boot camps, but, to, but if universities wanted to do this." Um, he could private label that capability and uh, let universities get in the game. And so, you know, when I was at at Barnes and Noble, um, we said, you know, there might be an opportunity to partner with him, but he was just too early. Um, and then a couple of years, uh, like a year into it, uh, he had gotten his first three clients. He had found product market fit. Um, and then a colleague of mine from McGraw-Hill joined Dan as his chief people officer. And, you know, Dan was looking for, you know, now that he had found product market fit, he was looking to scale the business and he was saying, Oh, I need a, I I need a good CTO. And my colleague from McGraw-Hill basically said, Hey, you should talk to Jay. And then that all clicked. And I was at Barnes and Noble at the time. And then Dan, uh, Called me up and said, "Hey Jay, uh, remember me? Uh, now, now I'm ready for you." So, so that's that's what that's what sort of kicked that off, and then the story is history.
0: Now, pivoting a little bit, um, you know, many of the the folks who might be uh, watching this or listening to this are entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs within, um, you know, within large organizations. So, so let's first talk about, you know, um, innovation and entrepreneurship within large organizations versus doing so on a standalone basis. So you've had experience, uh, you know, on both sides. So just compare and contrast what, what is the difference between, you know, uh, the pluses and minuses perhaps of, uh, innovating within a large company versus doing something on your own or or joining a startup.
1: I thought a little bit about this, and so what's interesting is both of them have pros and cons: large companies and small companies. But what what I think is is the nuance is to be attracted to the to the specific opportunity that is within any of these areas. Like there can be small companies that kind of just burn out and there can be large companies that you deal with the bureaucracy but what i sort of pattern recognize and hone in on is is there a discontinuous growth opportunity within within that structure of a of a company so mm. so like i'm not going to go join a company to just be the donut maker and operating their current business like i'll go to a large company because There's a specific opportunity that I see that where there's like the way they currently operate, but the world the 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 world has moved on, and the world needs them to operate in a different way. And so that that's so that's what I really look for, and I look for um, an environment that will support and incubate and give air cover for pursuing the opportunity. And I think this is true at a small company too. Like you want to have. You know, um, vision. Um, you you want to have that vision, but you also want to have somebody who is fiscally responsible, who is making sure you ha- you have enough runway to be able to to execute on the vision. Right. In a big company, it's more around getting buy-in from from the leaders to say they they won't let you get crushed by the incumbency of the business, right? So these are the things you need, need to look for, and it's different ways that it can get crushed. But one way is runway; the other way is bureaucracy, right? Right. right. So right. that's what I would say is sort of the difference. But I think I think the way to sort of execute, and it's all about execution. It's all about how. It's not about the idea because ideas are cheap. It's about how do you protect that idea and navigate it through the in the environment unit. So, like in a large company, I think it's it's really about. So, so, the advantage of a large company is you'll have a customer base, a captive customer base. You have a sales channel. You have res- like, money and resources that you don't have to go pitching VCs to keep going to get, right? Like, you can just take a budget and, and you can just spend the budget. But the cons is you have inertia and you have bureaucratic buy in, right? So the way to navigate that in a large company that I found is take your idea, but distill it into super small wins that you can build momentum off of, right? So don't take an idea and say, there's a promised land coming in like two years, but saying like this thing, I can break down into a one month deliverable and give something back to show that, okay, this is great. This is moving along. And Really break it down into small wins, so that, that's why I said in a large company. I think in a in a small company, it's it's about um, you know like for me, I'm not a zero to one guy. Like like I, I'm not a guy to really be comfortable in defining the, the product market fit phase. But when a company is ready and found product market fit, I I love coming in and helping the founder professionalize the operation to stay ahead of the growth, right? So that's that's what I like. I, I mean, so that, that's where my experience is too. So so I would say um, sort of that would be my advice on the small company and, and my view on the small company.
0: Look, yeah. a final question, final question, and, and we can go on for for hours. I mean, this is, this is so amazing, Jay. Thank you. Um, final question um, is... What got you excited about, let's say being part of Iron Pillar Network? And you know, was it uh, their relationships involved, but was there anything in particular, let's say because of a little bit of the India connection, et cetera, that also played a role? but but i am I am indebted to to you and others for being part of the network, but what got you got you going, got you excited?
1: Well, if I have to be honest,
0: <laughs> please, please be honest. It yes. is
1: it is when I was a gawky 18 year old kid and you were a junior in the fraternity and I saw you as a mentor and that meant you as a mentor you taught me how to hip hop dance <laughs> you yes. had me for life <laughs> so when when uh, you know we kept in touch and you you said you were doing this you know this was... That was that. That's the heart of my motivation. Is you've always been a mentor, but I think, I think specifically, Iron Pillar. Uh, what really attracted to me is sort of the global outlook. You know, when I talk about my my work in education, um, it's all about uh, uh, sort of closing the gap to opportunity, making opportunity accessible, and unlocking that opportunity for your life and education is that stepping stone and i and i think your glow like iron pillar's global um sort of footprint and global thinking tells me that you know really spoke to me that talents ideas and innovation isn't local to silicon valley it's global and um you, you know with a, with a firm that is really thinking about how we un- how you unlock that that innovation Across the globe and find those nuggets of opportunities to back and incubate and and power. I think is it, it fits really within my mental model. Um, and you know, I think also the the focus on technology. That I think technology is an equalizer and bridges the opportunity gap. And I think the world is going to be different. Uh, you, you know, COVID has accelerated the adoption. And mainstream of technology in the way we work and the way we learn, um, and I think um, there's going to be a great equalization where uh, you know amazing ideas uh, you know can happen anywhere. People can get started by spinning up an AWS in like ECS right. instance, and you know if they have access to the knowledge, they can sort of change the world. And and I think it's education and act, and Access to that opportunity—that—that that I think Iron Pillar is uh, is right at the heart of, and I, I think Iron Pillar sort of represents a new class of of not Silicon Valley centrist centricity that that I think is very refreshing.
0: Thank you, thank you so much, Jay. Um, look, I mean. If- Future work, future of education, future of life is sort of a theme uh, that that Iron Pillar uh, has, and education clearly is is a foundational, uh, you know, stone, if you will, uh, or pillar. Let's just use that uh, metaphor. <laughs> and I am just honored. I'm indebted uh, for, for your time, your friendship, your tutelage. Uh, to our portfolio companies uh, and our prospective investee companies. So, with that, uh, let me bring this session to an end. Again, thank you so much, Jay. This has been an absolute joy for me, and um, and I appreciate uh, you know your your kind words. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks, Jolly. This was
1: a, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for including me.